Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Exonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Exonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Griff. I'm Stav. I'm Will. And on this episode, we're going to be recapping some NBA news, the Celtics in specific. We're going to then go on to week 12 of the NFL season, recapping that. We're going to finish off with the FIFA World Cup. The group stage is coming to an end. A lot of excitement going on in this podcast, even though I'm not, I don't sound that excited right now, but we'll get to it, guys. We'll get to it. What do we say? What do we say? Let's do it. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. Will's just pumping up the crowd because the Boston <laughs> Celtics are dominant, boys. I mean, this is probably one of the best Celtics teams. I mean, I think we said this last week, but I want to reiterate it. This is one of the best Celtics teams we've seen in a while. One of the best basketball teams we've seen probably over the past few years as well. To start the season, they're 17-4, and four, I think. Thank God. That's yes. ridiculous. Like, I, I feel like... That's not even being put into perspective of how good that is. Our only four losses, twice against Chicago, twice against Cleveland. And they've been kind of off nights, both in overtime against Cleveland, both blowouts against Chicago, which is kind of weird on the road. But with Rob Williams coming back, we said this last week, I'm going to say it again, who's going to stop this team, right? Like, this is one of the best teams, like I said. They're shooting ridiculously, right? Joe Mazzulla has had his, like, his whole philosophy is just basically the opposite of Ime, right? It's like Ime wanted to get defensive stops and transition and whatnot. Mazzulla's like, I don't care how much you guys score. We're just going to score more. I think they're averaging something around, like, 120 points a game, the most efficient offense of all time. They have five guys shooting over 40% from three, and – there's only 10 guys in the entire NBA who are shooting 40% in three-point range. Boys, well, I'm going to ask you a question. Is this sustainable? Because it seems like they're getting really hot right now, and I hope it doesn't wear off. 
I mean, I hope so too that it doesn't wear off, but I feel like it kind of depends on how we work our rotations, how we give our rest throughout the season. I feel like it can be sustainable. We have seen high-powered offenses just cruise right through and be fine. It's kind of more or less if we – now that we're hot now, if we use up all of our power now, halfway through the season, we kind of get tired and our key guys can't keep producing at that same level. We still have that defensive ability to fall back on. We don't have to score as much anymore, but it kind of makes me nervous. No, you're right, Will. And a big thing, a big date that I'm looking at right now is Christmas. And that's when Rob Will is supposed to come back. And that's when this team is supposed to be at full strength. And, you know, sitting at 17-4 and four right now, the best record in the NBA, I mean, the pace that we're going at is almost record-breaking. And to, to kind of build up upon that question that Stav asked, I don't think that this is sustainable. No, no team in the NBA – is really able to do this, or at least this early in the season, no one is able to judge. You know, we're only 21 games into the season. This is an 82-game season. No one's really able to judge this early. Like, are we going to be on pace like this the whole year? I don't think we are, and that doesn't mean that we're going to fall. I just think that we can do worse than we're doing right now and still be the best team in the league. Stav, you said about our offensive rating or our offense in general. Our offensive rating is at 120.9. It was record breaking when we were at 115. We keep building up on that. And in second place is Phoenix, who was, I think, at 115 right now. And that's a five point gap in offensive rating, which is one of the biggest gaps from one to two at all time. So, I mean, our offense has been firing. Jason Tatum, even with last week, he had that stretch of a couple games where you're like, okay, what's happening? Um, he, he's been back. Uh, he was dealing with a little injury. He was out for a game. He's back. Jalen Brown has been someone that, you know, I've been a little iffy with him on his uh, his assist to turnover ratio. But other than that, he's been great on offense, been great on defense. And <clears throat> a large part of our team that um, I've kind of been looking at the whole year, I kind of call it the three-headed snake, is our three-point guards, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, those three guys, I believe, are going to be the real factor to our success. Those are our three best role players. And and Marcus Smart isn't a role player, but, you know, when you have a team with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, there's not a lot more space for stardom to be on. And and I I, I think that those three point guards are really going to dictate the success of this team, especially when Rob Will comes back. He's going to lock down – the the best big on the other team you have their wings covered with jb and jt now what can the guards do against these other teams guards and i think they've done a fantastic job throughout the start of the season i hope that they can keep it up but i think they will fall off a little bit but if we fall off a little bit we're still the best team in the nba i i that's how far ahead we are on other teams stuff and like think of it like this too we still haven't fully gelled as a team in my opinion Right, like obviously the chemistry is great. Obviously, this team's gone through a lot together. But when Rob Williams comes back, it just makes this whole te- team like a lot more dynamic. It, it, it really shores up and locks up the defense. Having a mere like a paint presence like Rob Williams, not only just defensively for blocks, he's gonna grab all those loose rebounds. He's gonna defend the best player, like the best big man on the other team. It just makes this deep. I mean. We, if we had Rob, I, this is going to sound so stupid, but you got to think like Rob Williams 
can change around 15 points in your favor defensively, right? Like he'll get four blocks a game, a few rebounds that would have been uh, offensive rebounds for the mm-hmm. opponent. We're winning games by 20 right now. Are we like, is this going to be like Rob Williams comes back right into the flow of things and we're beating people <laughs> by like 30, 40 every single night? Like we it, kind it, of Last year, at the end of the regular yep. season, we were blowing out playoff teams. We were winning games by 30, 40 points. We didn't realize how impressive that was. I mean, we did, but we were just trying to climb up into the standings, right? We were trying to play catch-up from the first half of the year. We picked up exactly where we left off in the regular season last year. So that's why I think that this is sustainable, right? Like, they, they have not shown us anything to indicate that anything else. You know what I mean? It, it's just crazy to me how good this team is, how well coached they are, and how it, it kind of seems how humble they are. Like they're hungry, they want to win. No, no, you're very right, Stav. And you know, going through the season, we're about a quarter way through the season now at 21 games, with there being 82. I think we're at like just over a quarter of the season. Um, over and with Rob Will coming back, I want to say if Rob Will started this season a fully healthy season, we beat the Cavs. I think both of those times, because both of those losses, one of them was a nine-point loss. The other one was a one-point loss. And I, I honestly think we beat the Bulls full, both times because Vucevic against Rob Will. I love Rob Will in that matchup. I think if Rob Will's here, we're undefeated right now. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. I think Rob Will is someone that adds so much uh, of, a, of a large presence in the paint that we just don't have right now. Other than I want to say, I actually don't want to say we don't have one. Luke Cornett's been fantastic. He's he's continued to be fantastic. I think he's going to be like an actual role player coming off the bench for this team. I think that he deserves the minutes that he's getting along with Sam Hauser um, off the bench. Those two guys have been very impressive. I know I mentioned it on the last episode, but since then, I mean, Luke Cornett has gone out, balled out in their win against the Kings. He was guarding DeMontis Sabonis. Um, who DeMontis Sabonis has been on an absolute tear. But when Rob Will comes back, Rob Will is like the version of Luke Cornette that is actually good. You know what I'm trying to say? Like mm-hmm. when when we're playing these teams, such as a Minnesota down the road, I'm looking at December 23rd, if he can come back by then, or, or someone that has a big like Los Angeles, January 28th uh, in the Lakers, Rob Will can guard an Anthony Davis. Rob Will can guard a Carl Anthony Towns or a Rudy Gobert. Luke Cornett can do his best, but he's not going to be as successful as Rob Will just due to the lack of athleticism compared to what Rob Will has. We're, we're going to be a great team when that comes. But, you know, sitting at four losses right now, a quarter of the season, we're on pace for 16 losses around there. That stuff I could see being done. I, re- I really could. I really could. I just – I, I wanted to take the side kind of as the devil on the left shoulder and be like, how are we going to keep this up throughout the whole year? If we do, I would love to. I think we can, but I'm going to say we're not. I I, I think we finished the season around 20, 25 losses, which is still amazing. Yeah, if that's the mm-hmm. case, I mean, would they be 58 and 25 or something along those lines? I, you know what? You know what? I would, give, me, give me 23 losses. Give me the 61 season. Yeah. So – I mean, let's look around the rest of the NBA, too. It, it feels like everyone else is struggling, right? Like, am I just yeah. seeing that? Like, the teams that were hot to start the regular – to start the season fell off, right? Like, we always talk about the Utah Jazz. Look at the Utah Jazz. 
they've fallen off. They're kind of closer to 500 now. Same thing with the Sacramento Kings, who were also on pace to be one of the, I think they're the, the second or third best offense in the NBA right now, but they're falling off. They're closer to 500 and they're back to being the Kings. So, I mean, the Warriors are struggling early. The Mavericks have had their struggles. The Bucks are the only other team, in my opinion, that really haven't struggled up to date. I mean, the Lakers are a joke. We know that. Mm-hmm. But like, what's going on in the NBA? It's so confusing. I know it's early in the season, and everyone's like, I guarantee the season long comparison will be the Celtics of last year. Sorry, I'm just getting situated on my desk. But like, um, the season-long comparison for teams that are struggling are going to be the Celtics last year. It's like, oh, all it takes is like a really good month to get back into it. But that team is way different than any of these teams. Not any of these teams have the talent that the Celtics did last year and just weren't competing. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just getting very, very excited about what's to come for the Celtics. I mean, let's look at the rivals, right? Like mm-hmm. the Bucks are right there with us. Like I said, they're 14 and five. They're having a really good season, but then it drops off. Cleveland's 13 and eight. Indiana's 12 and eight. Philadelphia's 12 and nine. The Raptors are 11 and nine. I'm not worried about any of those guys. And the rest of them are 500 or, wor- or worse. And like the heat, the heat are 10 and 11. They've been struggling all year. And then you go out West. I mean, Phoenix is doing their thing, but Phoenix of last year makes me just not care. Like I don't, like, I, I don't I, think I, Phoenix is good. No, I mean, Denver's going to be pretty good. I, I think Denver's pretty good. Um, they're 13 and seven, but then Memphis is struggling. The Clippers are kind of finding their footing, but Kawhi Leonard is out every other night. I'll never understand yeah. what's going on with that guy. And you never and Paul George is hurt. Yeah, exactly. And the Warriors are struggling. Like I said, the Mavericks are struggling. It's weird, right? It's weird. It's weird how all these teams are getting off to a slow start besides the Celtics and the Bucks. So maybe our preseason predictions are really going to come true where the rest of the East doesn't matter. It's just up to who gets that one seed, the home court advantage between the Celtics and the Bucks. Yeah, and and I even want to say if we're gonna look at if we're gonna look at the landscape of the NBA right now, I'm I'm gonna be straight up and say we're gonna kill the Bucks in the playoffs. Like I don't think that the Bucks match up against us as much as they did in years prior. Um, Chris Middleton, who's been struggling with injuries, usually gets back in time for the playoffs. But I think even with Chris Middleton, we have all the firepower we need to beat the Bucks, and we can let Giannis drop forty to forty five, and we can still beat them by twenty. And, and, and if if we're going to push that far, we're going to talk about the finals. There's not a single team in the Western Conference that can handle the Boston Celtics right now. Mm-mm. And it's weird, too. Like, what happened to the Warriors? Why do the Warriors suck right now? I know it's Clay Thompson's been playing bad. He had a good game last week, kind of shut up the haters for a little bit. Draymond is just a waste of space. James Wiseman got sent down to the G League, which is he's a mm-hmm. former, what was he, number three or number two pick? Number two, right? Number two. Yeah. Number two. Former number two pick. Just absolutely struggling in the NBA. Isn't ready for the spotlight, maybe. Um, Steph Curry's doing his thing, obviously. I think he's averaging close to 30 points. Yeah, he is. And Andrew Wiggins is just kind of not... Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on that team. Yeah, but he's very very quiet. Like, last year we heard... I mean, Andrew Wiggins was an all-star starter last year, right? Like, it's very quiet what he's doing. He's averaging 18 points a game, five rebounds. That's just about it. Right? He's only averaging 18. I mean, that's not only. I mean, and Jordan Poole is kind of. He. Hold on. You hear that? Oh, yeah. No, there's landscapers outside yeah. my window right now. I was say, I didn't know if that was. Uh... <laughs> but let's. Um... Jeez, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. 
But Andrew Wiggins, yeah, he's doing his thing. But Jordan Poole's another guy who just, who just got paid a bag, right? He got paid, right? Yeah, he got. I think yeah. he got like hundred mil. Close. I think he got like close to two hundred, right? He got one ninety eight. Or my. Yeah, I was gonna say. I know it. I know it was in the hundred mil. But yeah, he he's averaging sixteen. But he's he's supposed to be that next Clay Thompson, the next Splash Brother. The Warriors are struggling. I, I don't know. I it's. And you know what, Stav? You know what it is? I've been watching a good amount of – I think I've watched five, six, seven Warriors games to this point. Um, And one thing that I've noticed every game is their lack of size and their lack of depth. They don't have any depth on this team. And here comes the lawnmower back. Okay, he turned himself off. Um, but, But looking at the depth of this team, Dante DiVincenzo is their seventh man. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole comes off the bench. He gets his thing done. Dante DiVincenzo, Jonathan Kuminga, and Jamichael Green are their best pe- are their best bench players. Like the this team isn't deep at all. Moses Moody has not paid off yet, but he's still very young. And exactly what you said about James Wiseman, they need James Wiseman. They need James Wiseman to produce the way that they thought he would, and he hasn't so far. And that's why he's down in the G League. Anthony Lamb is their backup small forward. Who is Anthony Lamb? I don't even know who that is. They stink. Their, their depth is, is awful, and, and that's going to be a real struggle, especially down the stretch. Oh, my God, here he comes. Especially down the stretch, um, you know, with, with a bunch of old vets, and specifically Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, who won't be able to play 48 minutes a game. Um, I wonder if they're going to end up trading one of them. If the, if the Warriors are struggling around the trade deadline, they're around the 6 7 seed of one of those bubble teams. Do they trade? And oh, I'm sorry. Do they? Why did I say Anthony Davis? Maybe I was thinking trade for Anthony Davis, but whatever. I don't want to be that specific. Do they trade Clay Thompson or Draymond Green to get younger assets to help them boost? Like a championship team could trade for Draymond Green and give up lower end bench pieces that would be very useful for the Warriors. And Draymond Green is someone who can fit on a championship roster. And do- Excuse me, and do what he's doing now. But the, but the thing is, stuff. Where would Draymond Green really fit? Like, what team? Milwaukee, off the bench. Milwaukee off the bench, kind Why of not? fell into what Bobby Portis does. I mean, I think that's about the only team I could actually think of him fitting I mean, onto. Oh, and let me. Milwaukee doesn't have a lot to to offer. I mean, Marjan Bochan. Let me throw this hypothetical. You guys can laugh at me, whatever. What if the Celtics traded for Draymond Green? They trade some bench pieces, right? And Draymond comes off the bench, is your spark plug. You have a bench of Malcolm Brogdon, Sam Hauser, Draymond Green, and whoever else, right? Like those are three very solid pieces that you can put in a playoff game and will contribute in positive manner, right? Like Draymond Green is a – as much as I hate Draymond Green and as much as we've shit on him, he's a winner. He he's on winning teams. Whether he's not the main reason, but he's a piece in that, right? Like he's he's a bench piece. He's a he's a captain of some sort. He gets the best out of his teammates in a way. He might knock him out occasionally, but who who doesn't want to pump their teammate across the face and knock him out, right? All right, hear me out. Hear me out here. Draymond Green, Jonathan Kuminga. Yeah. For Derek White, mm. Peyton Pritchard, mm. 
in two seconds. I think that's what it would be. Draymond Green is going to run expensive, and that's why I think that he's right. not going to – I don't think he's going to be dealt because the Warriors are going to want so much for him because look at his resume. But you know what they say about resumes, Will? People who are looking at your resume, if the if the stuff on your resume is from five, six, seven years ago, it means nothing. I mean, this, exactly. I, I'm focused on winning a championship this year. Draymond Green, who you're right, provides a spark – but where is that spark? Is it on the yeah. defensive side? Is it just emotionally? Like, why can't we just have someone like a Grant Williams step up and be like Draymond? I was going to say, I if think it's all if emotional, gets, I don't want. I was like, I think if Draymond gets dealt, I think he gets dealt to like a playoff team that could win an NBA championship, not like a front runner in the playoffs. I think he's going to be that guy on a team where if they, they're going to trade for him, thinking that, okay, if we have a piece like Draymond Green who's going to bring the emotional aspect and who's going to get the job done for them off the bench, that's going to elevate them over, let's say, the two or one seed. Like he'll get dealt to like a four or five seed team that has a chance. Well, we have to think too. He, if the Warriors were to trade Draymond Green, they wouldn't trade him to the West. He would have to be tr- like dealt to the East. So we're thinking with – the theory there hold on my standings thing is lagging a little bit so we're thinking he's gonna get okay this is just lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. A preliminary thought. The Heat are a perfect fit for Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. That was one of like, the teams that I was looking at. Like the Heat, definitely not Brooklyn. Brooklyn does not need any more guys like Draymond Green. That that would just be actually that'd be kind of funny. You know, you know what team doesn't need someone like a Draymond Green, but will go out and get someone like a Draymond Green is the Philadelphia 76ers. That would and be they so will fun. get and they will give up someone like a Furk and Cork Maz and a Georges Niang, maybe a Paul Reed, or maybe even PJ Tucker for him. And, and, and I think that's where the Warriors could get their most their most value is through the Philadelphia 76 Oh, they would trade, they would definitely trade Corkmaz Matrez Harrell. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean that's a win for the Warriors. Yeah. And they I think they could even sneak in a Niang for for if the Golden State Warriors gave up somebody like uh not like a DiVincenzo, but maybe like that Anthony Lamb guy, whoever the hell that is. Who, I I know, you know, I know who he is, but he sucks. Why is DiVincenzo only averaging five? Dude, he's like their second best bench player. <laughs> so we, he he plays 16 minutes. It's almost 17 minutes a game. And he's only scored five points. Anthony Lamb. He's, a, he's a poor man's Pat Connaughton. That's why the, the Bucks stuck with Pat. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it for the NBA. Yeah. Uh, let's yep. move on to 
a great week in the NFL at that. Um, we'll start on Thursday. We'll start. We'll recap the Thanksgiving games and then go into Sunday. What a beauty of a Thanksgiving slate, boys. Every single game was fun to watch. I mean, Will and I's team didn't really get the outcome we wanted, but that, every single game was a treat, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember a Thanksgiving slate like this ever, right? Like, we'll start with Buffalo at Detroit. We all thought Buffalo was going to smoke them. But let me pull up the our predictions because I think we all had Buffalo. No, we didn't. <laughs> Will and I had Detroit plus nine and a half. But <laughs> um, actually, we did expect a good game. I take that back. I apologize. I apologize for over-speaking. But <clears throat> this brings up the question because Detroit has put together a few good games in a row now. Is Detroit a, a scrappy, good football team? Can we see them making a push for a postseason run with the last seven weeks in the or last six weeks of the season, Griff? Um, I think that the Lions are the perfect definition of a non-playoff team that could be any playoff team. And they could also down the road beat someone like a Minnesota on December eleventh, or beat someone like a Green Bay that last week if Green Bay picks it up. They they could beat like one of those teams to really screw up the standings. But I don't, I don't think that they'll make it. Looking at their uh, schedule, though, I mean, it is quite easy. They're, they're the trap team. That's the team you look at on your schedule, and that's a trap game. Yeah, I mean, it was a great game. Let's talk about that game a little bit, too. Jared Goff and Josh Allen were kind of going back and forth a little bit there. It was a, it was a last-second field goal that will Buffalo to win. Um, Detroit scored a touchdown. They tied it, correct? Or did they take mm-hmm. the lead? Um, I, I can't believe I don't have the final score written down. I'm terrible journalism for me right here. But did they take the lead? I think they took the lead. What the Lions? They bad journalism. They took the lead. They took the lead. They yeah, took they, the lead. <laughs> yeah, they they took the lead, and they were in position to win that game. What was there only a minute left for for the um for the Bills there? And, I mean, it's Josh Allen. Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So, Jesus. I, I don't know why I'm just, like, my brain's all over the place right now. But Detroit was in position. I mean, there was a few plays here and there that could have gone their way, and they could have ended up winning this game, right? Like, you think of the safety. You think of just leaving Stephon Diggs wide open in that last drive. Um, and there was, was there a – no, they tied it. I'm sorry. They, the, the Lions tied it. It was 25-25, and the Bills went down and kicked the field. Yep, that's what it was. I was right. Okay, but yeah, still, the Lions competing with the or the Lions competing with the Bills is not something really many people were expecting. We didn't expect a blowout from the Bills, but we we expected the the Buffalo Bills to really uh, take control, of the <laughs> like get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't. They really didn't. Um, yeah, what else is there to say about that? I mean, I, not not much. I mean, it, it was one of those wins that I think we'll look back on and then we'll see the teams that the Lions played at the end of the season. We'll be like, all right, this was around the time when the Lions were hot, but the Bills ended up with the win. And, and you know, once Josh Allen is hoisting the Super Bowl trophy, we'll be like, all right. That's what I'm going to say. I think I think they're still up there for favorites. Say all right. Even with a tough loss like that. And I <clears> – <throat> With a win on Thanksgiving against a team in the Lions who play every Thanksgiving at home, this is the Lions Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I, I, I think it's a big win for Buffalo. They're now eight and three. And the AFC East has been shaken up since, I mean, this game with the Patriots losing, like we said. Um, and, you know, the Jets and Dolphins winning. Um, the Bills are putting up points. It, it's really all going to come down to their defense. And the same exact thing that me and Will said about the Lions, they're a trap team. But week 13, we'll get to it on the next episode. Week 13 is a real test for the Bills. Yeah. All right. Rapid fire. Next game, Giants and uh, the Cowboys. Um, this was a cover. This was a bad beat. The Giants or the Cowboys yeah. were up 28 to 13. The spread was mm-hmm. 10. I had the Dallas minus 10. Will also had Dallas minus 10. This was a great win for Griff. But the, the Giants scored with what, like 30 seconds left and covered. Yeah. This was a dominant. Yeah, it was covered and covered. Yeah. This was a dominant second half from the Cowboys. This is what you want to see out of the Cowboys. Um, they really used everyone. Zeke had a pretty good game. Pollard had a pretty good game. CD had over 100 yards. Two tight ends scored for them. This was a good game out of the Cowboys, and the defense dominated in the second half. They got to Daniel Jones. Um, Saquon kind of did his thing. This was another good game. This was another good game. <laughs> that, so the um, Cowboys' offense looked very impressive. Like, in the second their half, first half, they sucked. First half first they sucked, but like second half they really put things together, and like it's usually the defense that shines the light every Sunday when they play, and their offense looked pretty good in the second half. So yeah, and, and you know what? To add on to that, CD Lamb had a fantastic second half as well. But but speaking of that last touchdown that the Giants scored, stop. Um, I do want to say on Thanksgiving I hit a six leg parlay of I had, <clears throat> excuse me, my obviously my lock of the week or my Thanksgiving Christmas special lock. Um, which was the over in this game that hit only because of that touchdown. Um, but I also had the Giants spread in that parlay. So that was a big touchdown for me. I had Bill's money line just in the parlay. I had the over er, – yeah, I think I had the over in this game as well, the Bills-Lions that barely hit. And then I had Vikings spread. And then what did I have? Did I take the over in this game? I think I took the Thanksgiving over. The everything hit. Everything hit. Moral of the story, everything hit. And it was all thanks to that one touchdown. Um, you guys want to know what's kind of wild? This is this is a little fun IT5 stat here. You're both of you guys hit your Thanksgiving locks. Griff, yours being the over in the Dallas Giants yes. game. Will yours being oh no, yours didn't hit. Why did I put green? Sorry, Will. That my fun IT5 stat isn't he really asked you for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, now it just yeah, so but what I was <laughs> Will's I think I also hit. Mine didn't. Mine didn't. I had the Patriots plus two and a half. But I was the only one who hit the regular lock of the week. Griff, for two. That's bad. Griff, you had Seattle minus three and a half. Will you had minus yeah. or the Chargers minus three. They only won by one. I had Cincinnati minus two. Um yeah. but it would have been a fun little stat there. I apologize. But let's move on to the Patriots game. How about that? I mean, the first this was probably the most surprising game, in my opinion. Although the Patriots lost, the offense looked confident yes. in the first half. Yes. And for the first, like, three quarters. I would, I, would say, I would say the, yeah, you know, the first three quarters. Um, I mean, there was a lot of bad things that went the other way. But even in the fourth quarter, they made a play. They set themselves up. And then they got – Mac Jones got sacked twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Put up 26 points. Vikings defense isn't really that good. But Mac Jones had his best game probably of his career. He went 20-39, almost threw for 400 yards. He had two touchdown passes. Um, one to Hunter Henry, my Thanksgiving 
player prop lock, which was kind of a surprise. I wish I actually bet that because I was confident in that pick. But yeah, no, I mean that was a good pick. I um, we each went two of three. Will I don't know why you picked Mac Jones anytime rushing touchdown. That was that was a pick. You You're feeling yeah, it. no. But but I do want to say, uh, my sister who does not bet, um, I was obviously with her. It was on Thanksgiving, and I was like, all right, Bailey, who's gonna score today? And she was like, Hunter Henry. I was like, no chance is Hunter Henry scoring. He's <laughs> plus five hundred. I was like, no, I'm not taking it. And after, you know, the controversial call, which got called back when he had two, I mean, it was almost like my sister was like Albert Einstein. It was, and Hunter Henry Hunter Henry scoring was not something I pictured happening, even though you picked it, obviously, Stav. I just – the way that the Patriots have been playing, Hunter Henry really hasn't been as favorable as he was last season. Last season, he was a beast. And I think Hunter Henry can do the same and produce the same. Um, but I feel like they haven't been drawing up plays for him. That's exactly what they did on Thanksgiving. They really utilized their tight end position. I think they're going to continue to do that. And not only that, all the receivers really didn't play that bad. I mean, Mac Jones had a few great throws. That first, The first throw of the game to Jacoby yeah. Myers, kind of off his back foot with pressure in his face, he hit him right in stride over two defenders. And then that touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar, that came out of nowhere, right? That was a strike. I don't think I've seen Mac Jones throw that good of a touchdown pass all my life. He was slinging it. Uh, I was surprised. You know they they had a big opportunity to score in that fourth quarter, and I'm glad that you brought up Nelson Aguilar's name because the ball hit him right in the hands. You know, on that on that play on the right sideline, I think it was like the two yard line. That ball hit him right in the hands, and, and that's not something that you can accept. And then Nelson Aguilar pretended to be hurt for like the next five minutes. Yeah, he was just a bitch. I'm sorry, he's just being a bitch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Ramondre Stevenson had a good game too. I mean, Damian Harris went out, but Ramondre did his thing. He had like, what, almost 10 receptions, 80 yards. He, he played well. He was uh, running the ball really well too. Yeah, I mean, he, he did his thing. Ramondre Stevenson is really forming into being one of the best running backs that in the – I'm not saying he's going to be the best running back in the league. Not No chance. But he's forming into a solid RB1 option for the Patriots and the um, – what was I going to say? The, Bill Belichick loves him. Bill Belichick always raves about how hard of a worker he is and how versatile he is. You want him to be a uh, receiving back, he can do that. You want him to run between the tackles, he can do that. You want him to run outside, he can do that. He's just ha- playing well. It looks like he's having fun out there too, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know what? Um, just to add up on that, um, the fact that Damian Harris went out with an injury, it, that's going to be big for Ramondre Stevenson. The, the the production, the level of production we've seen from him is just going to get boosted. You know, he only had seven carries in this game, a game where they threw heavily. He also had nine receptions, like you said, proving that he's going to be a receiving running back. He can do really everything and against this Bills team. I think that he gets 11, 12-plus carries in that game. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that – He's going to be really shown in in the next coming weeks with Damian Harris battling injuries. Um, it's going to be shown that Ramadre Stevenson can be looked at as a, as a premier running back in this league. Yeah, all right. Let's move on to the Sunday slate. How about that? Um, we'll quickly recap for the spreads. Will, congratulations. You won the week. You had 56%. I went 50%. Uh, Griff, you went 44%. Over unders, though. Griff, congratulations. You went 44%. You won the week, Mr. 44. Um, then Will and I both went 38%. <laughs> and that brings our totals on the season 
for the spreads to me in first with 54%, Will in second with 52 and then Griff with 45 Over under the total percentages, I'm in first with 49%. Will, you're in second with 48%. And Griff, you're in third with 46%. Rome was not built in a day. No, it wasn't. It was built by week 18 of the NFL season in 2023. Yes. So, yes. hey, I mean, this was the – it was a tough week. There was a lot of bad beats. Um, but a lot of bad it. beats with over unders as well. Yes, a hundred percent. We, we not just with the spreads. Yes, yeah, the over unders really screwed us this week. But some good wins for you, Griff. Let's talk about that. Obviously, the Giants plus 10, Minnesota minus two and a half. Um, we all had Kansas City minus 15 and a half. That was a lock. Washington minus four and a half. We, I mean, some great wins. Will for you. You had Cleveland plus three and a half against Tampa Bay, which you were the only one to have that. And then you had Philly minus six and a half against Green Bay. You were the only one to have that. Um, me, I really didn't have any substantial picks that were on the own. But you got the job done. I got the job done. I went 50%. That's all you can ask for, right? But um, let's start off with Tampa Bay at Cleveland. This was a surprising game. Jacoby Brissett's last start probably of the season. Um, this game went into overtime. Cleveland got it done. They scored a touchdown with about a minute left in overtime. Jacoby Brissett, man, he – I mean, they, what are they, four and seven? I was about to say he just gets the job done. I mean, kind of. But, hey, he boosted his stock. He boosted his stock for when he um, – he boosted his stock for when he's an upcoming free agent. He could be yes. a quarterback for a team that needs a bridge guy. That's what he is. He's a bridge guy. Um, they, they beat Tampa Bay. This was a good win, especially with Tampa Bay coming off of a bye after a few good wi- – uh, like a string of few wins, big wins at that. They were looking to take clear possession of the NFC South. But then out of nowhere comes the Cleveland Browns upsetting Tampa Bay and kind of putting them in a – a lock in that terrible NFC South. This this game perfectly describes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. They are not good. They, you know, have the pieces, but they don't have the support for their pieces. And in their pieces, I'm talking about 45-year-old Tom Brady and his beautiful wide receiver room. I mean, they need a tight end. And I, I know a lot of people like that rookie over there, um, Cole Keefe or whatever his name is. I'm not the biggest fan of him, and I think a large part of that is I would like him on another team, but when you have a team that has a 45-year-old quarterback, especially the GOAT, the greatest player of all time, I would just throw a bunch of vets around him. And, and, and if they're not vets, second, third-year guys that we know what kind of level of production we're going to get for them, you know, because Tom Brady doesn't have a long time in, in the NFL. In, in this defense – it's the same thing. You know, there's Devin White, there's Alante David, Keanu Neal, who they tried to add to beef up to this team. They don't really have that much of a presence on that defensive line that we saw in years prior. And I think, you know, this game was a perfect representation of them because they have the pieces, but they're still very far away. They're still very far away in, ter- in terms of the people that they have on their team if they want to go out and win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Speaking of Tom Brady, we kind of talked about this in our group chat prior to the recording. There were some rumors circulating around Twitter. I mean, usually we can't take we take these with a grain of salt, right? But 
people are speculating Tom Brady could come back to the Patriots. He's an upcoming free agent. I mean, me personally, I would love that. I, I That is literally a dream come true. The King returns home. I will be playing homecoming on repeat if that happens. I will never – I if if that happens, who does Will have to buy a jersey for? Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll if that with- happens, if that happens, Will has to buy me a Tom Brady jersey, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Deal. I agree. So two out of three. It can be rules. fake. It can be fake. Yeah, it will be fake. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know just to to represent his career because that I I think if he comes to the Patriots, it's a one and done. I think if he goes 100%. to San Fran, it's a one and done. I, I think, you know, I, I'm going to say right now, if this isn't his last season, next season is. And Tom Brady, who has been doing it for a long time and has been doing it at the greatest level for a long time, if he goes to the Patriots next year, the Patriots are going to have to clean house. You know, they're going to have to sell a lot, and I think that would include Mac Jones. Um, to a to a team that needs a younger quarterback, so they that the Pats can gain, you know, maybe a few pieces on that O line, maybe a few pieces on that D line, um, or even the the, the uh, linebacker or something like that. They're going to need to sell a lot of these younger players. Um, keep the ones that are amazing, such as Kyle Duggar, Matthew Judon. Obviously, you can't get rid of someone like that, Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon is an outside linebacker, an edge rusher for a Super Bowl winning team. I, I'm going to go out and say it, but if Tom Brady joins this team, you need two more receivers that are going to be your wide receiver one and wide receiver two. Um, I think tight ends are all set, but that defense needs a lot of work as well. If you're going to go out and win a Super Bowl next year with oh. Tom Brady. Well, I mean, does it? I I, I, I think that they're like they're, the holes on defense are glaring, right? Like yes, the holes yes. that they have on defense are very notable. But they've been making it work, except the like against the NFC North, which is kind of wild to say. Except against the uh, against the the Lions, they dominated that game defensively. But when the defense has been on, they've been on. They've been insane. They've been a, a treat to watch. Right? Like you think of that Jets game, they held them to three points. Yeah. You think of the the Lions game, they shot them out. You think of the Colts game. The Colts game, you think you even think a little bit of Dolphins week one. That was a surprising game. They held them to 13 points defensively, which with two of the Dolphins averaged well over 20 points a game. So that was a great game defensively. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. 
Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. But offensively, I, I think, I mean, I've, I've been a broken record about this. I think they need a wide receiver one. I think that they need a better offensive line as well, especially if you get Tom Brady, a guy who's obviously not mobile on his feet like he used to be. But um, you you need you definitely need a solid wide receiver one. You need to improve your tackle situation. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, looking at the O-line, I'm a fan of Trent Brown. He's been having an iffy year this year. He's been pretty good. I like Isaiah Wynn. David Andrews, who went down this past week, that right side of that offensive line um, is iffy. Is iffy, especially the tackle position. I, I like Unwenu at, at right guard, but other than that, I mean, I don't love him. I want to say, but you're right. If Tom Brady, if Tom Brady goes to any team, that team has to have the best offensive line in, in the NFL. That, it's as simple as that. And when he was on the Patriots, in my opinion, for most of those years, they did, and that's exactly that was their key to success. Get the run game going. Oh, wait, look, we have Edelman. We have Moss in some of these years. We have Welker. We have Dion Branch in some of these years, right? And that goes right back to that wide receiver room. If if you just plop Tom Brady onto this roster, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is not going to really get the job done for you. And it, it, I think it's as simple as that. You're playing in a tough division already. You have one year to make a change. I know it's hypothetical. I don't think that there's any chance that Robert Kraft wants to do this. I think Robert Kraft wants to do it. I don't think Belichick would. Well, I know for a fact Belichick wouldn't. Yeah. like Because Belichick, I think, likes his team, doesn't want to blow everybody up. He's waiting. You give Mac Jones a couple more years, we don't know the direction that Mac Jones will go, and I think it's only up from here. I think it's only up from here for Mac Jones. I'm not giving up on him. Especially after the week you just had. I, and I don't, I don't want a year. I mean, a year under Tom Brady's belt, you know, where he's the backup behind Tom Brady would be awesome. But it would be awesome if he was a rookie. You know, going into your third year where you've already started for two years, it's just you know you don't want to have a developmental year after your first two developmental years. Next year should be Mac Jones' breakout year. Yeah, you're right. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's just a fun hypothetical. Let's move on to the next game. My lock of the week. The Cincinnati Bengals go into Tennessee and play a pretty good um, Titans team leading that division. Um, they get out with a win without Jamar Chase. Uh, they, he's scheduled to come back. This Bengals team, I think, is legit. I mean, I, I could be a little biased there. I'm probably my second team. But they're, they're a fun team to watch. They get Jamar Chase back. I mean, Joe Mixon was also out. They beat a pretty talented, well-coached Titans team. Are they actual threats in the AFC is where I'm kind of getting at here. Griff, what do you think? Yes. Yes. The the Cincinnati Bengals are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be dangerous in, in the in the playoffs as well. They're going to be dangerous in the AFC in general. I mean, going up against a Tennessee team that has a very good record, has a very good run game, 
they got the job done. They they did what they needed to do. They put up 20 points. You're going to have a lot of people coming back from injury. You were in the Super Bowl last year. You're going up against Kansas City next week, and I like the Bengals to win. I, I think that the Bengals are a great team. It's taken a while to kind of come off that hangover, and, and what is this team going to do? We have seen Samaje Pirine step up in times of need with their two best weapons, Mixon and Jamar Chase going out. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Samaj P. Ryan have stepped up. If Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase can come back and, and you know perform at the level that they're capable of, this is going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL, and their defense has been doing pretty good. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say good enough. I want to say a bit above that because – you know, when you look at each team, you look at, you know, if you give up 14 points in a game, you should win, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a team that sometimes they give up a little bit more than that. But on the other side of the ball is Joe Burrow in a star-studded offense that can score more than 14 points, more than 21 points in a game. Um, you know, they, they're coming off three wins in a row, and I want to say five of their last six. Yeah, something so, like that. I think I ever mean, since they lost that game against uh, Baltimore on Sunday Night Football, they've been stellar. And, and that's being set without Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has had a hip injury, yeah. and they've been very cautious with him, which is the wise thing to do because they need they know what the direction that this franchise is going. They know the direction in which they all they need is a few wins, and the, their division's not that good. The Ravens have battled a lot of injuries. Um, we know that. They're kind of falling off. They they've just had a terrible. We'll get to that game in a little bit, but they they've had terrible luck with injuries. The Ravens have, and that division's falling off, right? I mean, I know the Browns are getting Deshaun Watson back, but we really haven't seen him this season. He was terrible in the preseason. I don't think that they're really a threat this season. The Browns, but Cincinnati's in perfect position to run away with this division. They're, they won three in a row. I think you're right about four out of their last five. So, I don't know. I love the Bengals, obviously. I mean, Joe Burrow jersey right behind me. That That's going to be a fun game Christmas Eve. I might be attending that game. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the Bengals. Let's move on to the next game. Um, before we do, like you said, that was your lock of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and one for you on locks of the week uh, for this week. Um, I was also one and one. Will was 0-2. Would you guys like to hear the standings right Yeah, Because Will going 0-2 was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, would you like me to start at the top or the bottom? Bottom, because I think that's me. Stav, five, yeah. six, and one with a tie, but you're not too far off. Wait, of... how many five, six, and one if we've done 13? No, we've done 12. We missed a week, but we did Did two. we actually miss a week? We did miss yeah. a week. Will knows we missed a week, yes. We missed a week, yes. I apologize. Yes. Um. But anyways, you're not too far off. I think you're one and a half games off of first place, which is conjoint between me and Will at seven and five. So I, you know, I told you Rome wasn't built in a day. After five weeks, I was in last place. Anybody can do it. Back up on top. Seven and five, me and Will. Um, it was a big week for Will to go into. Uh, Will, all love. It's going to be a big week next week. It's going to be you know, a very I, big week I, next week. I want to say I I took my kryptonite picks this week. I, the Chargers haven't worked out for me, and I was like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. We got to be thankful for the teams that I love. And then the Cowboys, I usually pick them on Thanksgiving, and it always fails me. I don't know why I do it. I just always, I always pick the Cowboys. So, you know, better shut something up this week. 
You got to. Got to. Need a big win. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's that was a big win for me. I mean, I'm right in the mix. Never count me out. That's what I'm saying. You know, Griff, like you said, Rome wasn't built in a week. It's built in 18 NFL seats or an 18 NFL weeks. So I'm excited for week 13. I have a little, I already know my lock of the week. I'm not going to say it. I've got to save it for next episode. Tune into next episode to hear my absolute lock of the week. This might be my lock of the year, to be honest. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Tune in. But wow. yeah, next game, we have Houston at Miami. This was a snooze fest. I mean, Miami dominated from the jump. They went up 30 nothing at halftime, kind of pulled their starters 130 to 15. I don't really have much to say about this game. Nope. Good win, Miami. Legit. Yep. Nope. Next game, Jets home against the Bears. Another shitty game. I mean, shout out Matt, Mike White did his thing, threw for three touchdowns. Offense looked competent. Zach Wilson's career is done. Uh, yes. Uh, Bears would have won without Justin Fields. Mike White, QB1. Yep. yep. All right. Next game. Another snooze fest. Atlanta at Washington. Uh, this game came down kind of a, a goal line stop for Washington. They got an interception in the end zone, a pass intended for Cordero Patterson. Picked off. Taylor Heineke's just dominating. This is his team. Don't want to see Carson once again. Nope. Uh, Commander scored in every quarter. Uh, shout out them. Yep. Chase Young back. All right. Next game, another goddamn terrible one. The Denver Broncos suck. We all hit on this. Carolina plus two and a half. They were home. They beat Russell Wilson. No surprise there. 23 to 10. Snooze fest. Game sucked. Next uh, game. Never, never a doubt. Um... I just have one-liners for all of these games. Never yeah. a doubt. Russell Wilson tries scoring more than one touchdown in a game. Yeah. Just try. Keep pounding. Yep. <laughs> Next game. This was actually a good game. I actually kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Touch upon it. Baltimore at Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence had a really good game. This was one of those games that it's like, oh, shoot, this is why the this is why he was a number one pick. Led them a comeback in the fourth quarter. The Ravens' defense sucks in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They love giving up leads. They were up 19 to 10 in the fourth quarter and blew that lead. The, the Jaguars went for two and won this game, right? They they scored a touchdown. Yeah. Went it was 17. I'm sorry, it was what was this? What was this? The Five. final score is 28-27. Yeah, 28-27. That's right. So they went. It was twenty-seven to twenty. The Jaguars went for two. That's what. That's what happened. Yes. That's right. And then, I mean, Justin Tucker's field goal. I thought that was it. I was watching it on my phone in the car. Shout out to my cousin. He was in a movie, so I, I missed some of the one o'clock slate. So we, my entire, my uncle rented out an entire theater and we watched the movie. But uh, Spirited on Apple TV. Go watch it. My cousin's in it. But, um, yeah, I thought that field goal was good. I was watching it on my phone. And I was like, damn, a sixty-seven yard field goal. But it was in Florida. He, uh, heavy air. It's the opposite of Denver. So, yeah. And, and you know what? It was a tough day to kick. Uh, fun fact about this game, rain delay. Thunder, lightning mm-hmm. delay. Game kicked off at 125. Uh, beautiful do- beautiful job done uh, by the operations crew in Jaguars with communications of the officials in this game. Beautifully officiated game. Way to get the game going. Uh, you know, not on time, but the game doesn't always have to start on time. It's just the game has to end. And that was, that's exactly the mindset that the officials had in this game. They got the job done. That's all I got. Yeah, next game. Um, <laughs> this was actually a good game. Will's lost the week. Congratulations. Oh, no, it didn't hit. 
Um, we have the departure. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time I've done that. Oh, oh, second oh, time. Not, not, <laughs> we just talked about him going over two. <laughs> My apologies, Will. Um, the Chargers minus three. They won. They didn't. They didn't cover. But uh, they. Brandon Staley. He'll do this occasionally. He'll be like, no, 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 no. Yes, they finally scored. They beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a struggling team. They're screwed. Kyler Murray's calling out Cliff Kingsbury and post-game pressers. They're a terrible team. Like we say, the worst team in the NFL. I really – I think it's funny. Hard knocks. I can't wait tonight. I cannot wait to see the debacle that happened in the locker room post-game. Um, J.K. Scott was the player of the game in this game. Um, beautiful job punting from J.K., Justin Herbert finally threw for three touchdowns again. Um, and I want to say, I want to say, whoever called my man a social media quarterback, Samuel Ocho, Samuel Ocho, right? Or is it Samuel or Emmanuel? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah, oh, that's on me. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry for that. I mean, he won't listen to it. But look at who he has to throw the ball to. Joshua Palmer. Carter. I mean, these guys stick. I'm sorry. I like Joshua Palmer. I am a, I'm a Chargers fan through and through. But when Keenan Allen is playing hurt, and when Mike Williams is hurt, those are your top two receivers. Eckler's getting the job done, and this man still throws 274 yards and three touchdowns. Justin Herbert's legit. Put the team around him that he needs. The O-line sucks in Los Angeles, and the defense has been beat up all season. So that's why they're 6-5. and five. Without Justin Herbert, if you put in Kyler Murray on this team, they have three wins. Justin yeah. Herbert is, is There's no reason to call him a social media quarterback. I just no. never understood that take. It's a bad take. Probably one of the worst takes I've heard in a long time. And he's been playing with three broken ribs all season. The, the thing is, is he's calling him a social media quarterback when he just doesn't really use social media. Like, the only time you ever see him post something is either if he does – like, he does his, like, annual cookout in the summer or if, like, one of his teammates does good. Like, Austin Eckler like scored a touchdown, yeah, and he'll he be like – he'll be like – They'd be like, oh, he's awesome. Like, he literally just does that, and then he doesn't post any of his own highlights. Anytime the camera's on him, he, like, moves away. Like, he hates it. Yeah, he's yeah, not that, a social media quarterback. Yeah, that was a wild take. By like, a, if uh, other people are posting Justin Herbert, that doesn't make him a social media quarterback. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that was And a, that what is a social media quarterback? Like, I when I think of social media quarterback, I think of, like, who would I even think of? Who's the quarterback at South Carolina? He started at Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler is a social media quarterback. Yeah. Sucks. And that's really all. Maybe Kyler Murray. And that's all. Oklahoma quarterbacks. No. Period. (laughs) Broncos, Russ. Yeah. You know what? Griff, that's a great shout out. If you go to Oklahoma, you're a social media quarterback besides Jalen Hurts. Even Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is good, but he loves social media. Like yeah, he Baker does that to get, but he, he bugs out to get followers on social media, but he actually does a good job at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Good good shout. Good shout. Griff with a shout of the week. All Oklahoma quarterbacks are social media quarterbacks. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, next game, right? We have Griff talk about it. It's the Seahawks. Tough game. Just talk. <sighs> yeah. So, you know what? You know, you go to Germany, you you come off a bye, you think you're going to win a football game, right? And 
you're going up against a team in the Raiders who are dangerous when they give the ball to the people that they need to give the ball to. That's exactly what they did this week. Josh Jacobs ran 33 times, 33 carries in this game from Joshua Jacobs, 229 yards, two touchdowns on the ground from him as well. He was their leading receiver that day with six receptions, 74 yards. Devontae Adams also added 74 yards. This defense is so young that when it comes to stopping the run, they either know exactly what they're doing or they think they know exactly what they're doing, but it's the opposite. And and that's exactly what the case was today. Uh, You know, you give the ball to Kenneth Walker 14 times and that's the result you're going to get. We didn't control the clock in this game, which is exactly what we needed to do. We didn't run the ball enough and Geno Smith threw an awful interception but it was an option route but on an option route you know you can't really blame that on the wide receiver because he has the option so um Derek Carr had a had a decent game I guess no Derek Carr sucks Josh Jacobs carried the defense from Las Vegas wasn't even good you know they gave up 34 points the reason we lost this game was truly because um of Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks sucks. I hate Jordan Brooks. Cody Barton should be our middle linebacker one. Even though we run both of them at the same time, Cody Barton should be the guy that's looked at as the best middle linebacker on the Seahawks. Jordan Brooks stinks. The defensive line was bad. Our best defensive lineman is uh, Enwosu, who is an, who is a pass rusher and cannot do anything against the run. So, I mean, we need to beef up that D-line if we want to stop the run. Guess what? The NFL found out how to stop us. Run the ball. It's it's been pretty simple the whole year. If you run the ball, you're going to beat the Seahawks. Oh, Josh Jacobs won my fantasy league. Well, yeah, he should have. They he should have. He yeah. put up like 50 points. I mean, it, it was a tough game. We're back against the Rams next week, and we're going to win. We're going to win that game. You have to. You have to beat the Rams. It is a must win. It is a must win. Yeah, if you lose, I don't want to talk about it anymore though. Yeah, Griff, if you, I'm sorry. If you lose to the Rams, I'm out on the Seahawks. I'll never give up. I will never give up. Well, no, obviously, but like, that's a bad, bad, bad loss. Yeah, and their quarter, like, I don't even know who Bryce Perkins is, dude. Like, I, I honestly, I might just... play, <laughs> but the surrounding cast is really Ben Squarnick. Well, I just even want Ben Squarnick. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> you, you got to win that game. The, the Chiefs absolutely destroyed them. But um, no, we're gonna beat the Rams. We're gonna beat the Rams. You have to. Just the Rams have lost five games in a row. Yeah, they've literally won. They're gonna lose six in a row. Okay, must. That's one thing they're gonna win anytime soon either. Yeah, must win. Next game. Yep. Next game on the slate. Let's move to speaking of the Rams. Um, America's game of the week on Fox. We have the Kansas City Chiefs. Hosting the uh, Los Angeles Rams, this was a terrible game. I feel like Travis Kelsey just will score a touchdown in every single game, and it's just like expected, right? I mean, Isaiah Pacheco had a pretty good game on the ground as well. Shout out them. Chiefs are a good football team. Like, what else is there to say? Um, You know, I, I, I said like my little hypothetical about – the, the Bills winning a tough one and Josh Allen hoisting the Super Bowl trophy. The Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah. I'm going to officially mark it on them. And I hate looking back onto next week because we're going to talk about it on the next episode what a game it's going to be next week. Yeah. 
that's going to be. But, awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, they covered the spread by half a point. Good teams win, great teams cover. And and, and the Chiefs got it done. They're nine and two. And what a sneaky nine and two they are. Isaiah Pacheco, my guy of the week. I love Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's been on the fringe of it. And even though he didn't play like fantastic, you know, 69 yards and a touchdown, and just what he does in the return game for, for this team, um, you know, I think that this is a guy of the week that he didn't earn it because of this week. He was just building up on it, and he, he yeah. deserves to have his name be said out loud. Yeah, shout out to him. All right, Sunday night football. We had the Green Bay Packers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Packers love playing in primetime. I know it's not really their fault. It's not a primetime team. Aaron Rodgers went down. Um, Jordan Love stepped up, had a few good throws, and people overreacted. That's my favorite thing when people overreact. I love when Do you Jordan think it's overreaction? And yeah. they overreact. I think people I like Jordan Love. That's like my favorite part of the Packers season when Aaron Rodgers has to come out for a couple yeah. possessions and Jordan Love comes in and the fans are like, oh my God, Jordan Love is so much better than Aaron Rodgers. The thing like, is though, the thing is though, the reason why I'm why I kind of like Jordan Love is just like what he did in the preseason this year compared to the years prior. He had a good preseason. Yeah. And nobody talked about it. And like like I always say. My favorite thing is when nobody talks about like somebody or a team, you know, like when, when we did the MLB predictions, I was like, Oh, nobody's talking about the Astros. They're the one seed. I have the Astros right out out, out of, out of um, that side of the bracket, but it's kind of the same thing. Nobody was talking about Jordan love after the preseason. I wanted to see him get in. He threw the ball nine times. He had six completions and he had a great touchdown Jordan love to Christian Watson. I mean, that's the future of the green Bay Packers. People forget how bad he was last year, though. Oh, he was terrible last year. He was god-awful last year. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just – He was horrific That's last my year. analysis. That's why I'm not really sold. I mean, he could very well just be a great quarterback, but I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I have to see a little bit more. I mean, he was – I hope Aaron Rodgers out for the season. I want to see Jordan Love for the rest of the season. And Eagles are not back yet. They're still on no, another one. No, I, the Eagles, I, I'm yeah, not really yeah. sold on the Eagles. I still think the Cowboys. We're, are I'm, I'm waiting for them to lose. I think they, I, you know what? No, I'm not going to talk about it next week because I've been too busy talking about it next week the whole time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. But they are going to lose a game soon. Very soon. Yeah. They, they're they're going to hiatus. Lose. They'll lose against the um, they'll lose against the Cowboys next time they face them. I think that's in two the weeks. Eagles are gonna find the, the Eagles are gonna find a way to not get a bye in the first round. They will find a way to get, not get a bye, and if they do get a bye, they're gonna lose in the division. That's my you think? That, like I yeah, dude. I really don't like the Eagles anymore, and, and a large part of it is because of 
AJ Brown being a fraud. AJ Brown's a fraud. I hate AJ Brown. Um, you know, he makes plays and thinks he's like amazing, but then he'll have like four or five drops in the game as well. But it's like, oh wait, AJ Brown also had six catches, but yeah, like he also had six drops in the game. So I don't know. I, I don't like AJ Brown. DK Metcalf was the better teammate at all. I forget that they were teammates at Ole Miss. That was a good wide receiver call. They weren't even that dominant in college, which is kind of crazy. Dude, no, no, they sucked. They sucked. Well, the thing was, the thing was, um, it was DK's sophomore year, AJ Brown's junior year. DK like broke that was the only game. year that that was the only year that they started together. It was for a few games. DK Metcalf, yeah, like broke his neck or something like that, and then didn't play his his junior year like pretty much at all, and then he just got drafted. That's why he fell so low. He would have been DK Metcalf would have been a, easily a first round pick if he played his junior year. He didn't. Thank God he fell into our hands. DK Metcalf, my other guy of the week. DK Metcalf had a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DK He's become Metcalf, our dude. DK Metcalf's one of those guys who like we forget about all the time just because he's yes. what he even does. I forget about him. It's I'm not gonna of- lie. Like there's time stuff where it's like wait, DK Metcalf is like you know a superstar. Like, easily a wide receiver one, easily a pro bowler, could be an all-pro. But then there's sometimes you look at a game and it's just so evenly dispersed. But in a game like the Raiders game, I don't know his exact stats, but he was getting the ball on first and second down every time. Instead of us running it, we are just throwing him slants. We are throwing him little out routes. We are just getting him the ball and letting him be physical. And that's, I mean, it was it was awesome to watch. And DK Metcalf is better than AJ Brown. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and then let's move on to Sunday night. I mean, Monday night. Terrible. Right. I mean, um, Colts choked this, in my opinion. They had a chance. They should have called a timeout after the Matt Ryan 18-yard scramble. Um, I'm yeah, not- that was hilarious. Both these. Yeah, are- know. Um, you know what? I it was no, I no, no. This game sucked. These two teams suck. Uh, Kenny Pickett sucks. Matt Ryan sucks. Everybody sucks. Um, Lucas Oil Stadium sucks. <laughs> I heard Indianapolis has a nice airport there. Yeah, shut up them. Yeah, so I mean, like, no, I don't want to talk about this game, bro, because this game sucked. This game, this game sucked. Game I sucked. don't care. This game, this game sucked. The amount of points that were scored in this game, and, and say that it was a good game because of that. No, these were two bad teams. Two teams that won't be in the playoffs. Twenty-four to seventeen is the most basic score that you're gonna get in the NFL. That That's is. A- like, when you're like, okay, let's guess the score of two NFL teams. You're going to say 24 to 17. That is the result of every battle of the game mid. that's played. It was terrible. They're, both teams are four and seven, but then the Colts added a fucking tie to it. And now you think the Colts are better than the Steelers? No, both teams suck. Any team could have won this. And somebody should have said 24 to 17 for the end result of this game. Najee Harris sucks. Kenny Pickett sucks. George Pickens is good. Deontay Harris is good. Um, who else? Who else? Let me go to the other team. Jonathan Taylor, like you, you were supposed to be disgusting. But, I mean, yeah, no. The, this game sucks. Let's talk about the World Cup. Yes, the World Cup. Um, I want to say we have been witnessing some great, great World Cup matches, some great World Cup games over the last couple of weeks. It's coming to an end. I think the the last 16 starts Saturday? Starts Friday. No, starts Friday. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, last game this week yes, is Friday. Saturday, for, Saturday. That's okay. Yeah, Saturday. 
Um, we can start off with let's no, let's talk about here. let's talk about yeah, let's talk about what the people want to hear. And, the biggest and that's game our of the nation. year. Our nation, our nation, USA versus Iran. We won one nothing. Kristen Pulisic sacrificed his nuts, and we move on to the round of sixteen. Sacrificed his life, and it wasn't just Christian Pulisic. It it was a beautiful match by Weston McKinney, especially mm-hmm. by Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams, I don't know if he got man of the match, but he showed up. And Matt fucking Turner, honestly, giving man. up. I mean. Did he did he give up a goal in the group stage? He gave up one, two clean uh, sheets. He gave up one against Wales. Two gave up one against sheets. Wales and then two he, clean he sheets. He didn't give up one against Iran or England, and, and that's exactly the result that we needed. Was a win against Iran, and we knew we were going to get it going into this game. We knew best goalie in the group stage. We knew it was going to be tough. Iran hates us. I wonder why the U.S. Is magnificent. They know what they're doing, and that young midfield that we have is gonna be the reason why we beat the Netherlands, why we beat the Dutch on Saturday. I have them USA money line. I think it's simple. Did you see that? I yeah I yeah I did. <laughs> yeah yeah, but I mean he spelled that random. Iran, it's pronounced Iran. Um, <laughs> but you know, I want to say about that reporter, super disrespectful. Yeah, reporter, if you pronounce a country wrong, okay, let them know, right? And then don't go on to talk about literally. This was this was how I perceived that reporter's question. That reporter asked, he was first off, uh, you said our country was Iran, uh, or yeah, I Iran, it's not, it's Iran, okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I pronounced your country wrong. People pronounce things wrong. Then his question is, why do you play for the USA even though there is so much racism in the USA? Yeah. We didn't get asked a single, like, question about the World Cup. About about soccer, bro. Like, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of racism in the USA. There's a lot of racism everywhere. I don't think that racism is a good thing. Nobody does, bro. But these people are playing soccer. Yeah. They're playing soccer. There's a... There's a time in the place. It's like the one time of like like every four years. It's like this in the Olympics. It's like the one time where like you don't talk like, about politics. Water, just like politics, watch sports, bro. watch soccer. Yeah, yes. like politics is aside here. Everyone's together here. And Tyler Adams, who's two years older or like three, four years older than us, has to step up onto a podium and answer a question like that. Oh, and I mean, he delivered that was, flawlessly. That was a great response. That was, I mean, that was the only response that you could have possibly had without it really blowing up. And, and, you know, Tyler Adams has been magnificent throughout the first three games, throughout the group stage. You know, he's our captain for a reason. He's 23 years old, you know, and and, and you put him, you put a wristband on his arm and you ask him to go lead a country that hasn't been to the World Cup in eight years. The last time they went to the World Cup, it was a disaster. You know, that was that was the end of that golden era of Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey and all of those guys. They couldn't get it done. Right, you ask him to be the captain of a team that's already young, and then he has to deal with 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 press from different countries, asking questions that have nothing to do with his team, with his teammates, with with the sport that he's there to play. I mean, it, it really doesn't make sense. It's insane that someone that age 
has to deal with something like that on the world stage. This is the biggest stage on the world. And then, you know what? The reporter that asked that question, he's flying home today. So, I mean, that's all that matters. Um, you, you can take it how you want. I don't take things with a grain of salt when it comes to my nation. And, and that's that's exactly the result that we all expected. It was going to be a one nothing game. It, it doesn't matter if Iran scored it. It doesn't matter if the United States of America scored it. One team was going to score one goal. One team was going to score no goals. It fell our way that day, and we dominated in that game, you know? All right. I don't know much about soccer, right? Like, I don't want to speak out of my ass here. But from an outsider's perspective, when I say an outsider, I watched basically the entire map. But we didn't really capitalize that much when we had the chance in the first half. Like, Iran really – they were playing not to lose. Obviously, they needed to draw to advance. That's what they really cared about. Um, they were playing back obviously in the first half, but we really didn't score as many times as we should have been that first half. We, we had two goals. Um, one of them was called off sides, obviously, but we easily could have scored three, four goals. I think in that first half, we missed them. We missed out on some opportunities, but then obviously the, the game switched at half where Edom was really pushing and yeah. they, they were flopping way too much in the box. That's what they get. That's what they get for being bitches. It's flopping in the box. <laughs> Like, go well, well, that's exactly what it was, Don. Yeah. It was the first half was the physicality from Iran, right? It was, you know, they're playing everybody back. Everybody is, is playing kind of a, a defensive position. You know, they kind of played more conservative. Too. Everybody's playing conservative, and everybody is playing physical from Iran. They are, they are looking for counterattacks, but their main thing is they want to stop the United States, right? They want to stop when U.S. has possession, they want to get the stop, and then they're going to worry about what they do with the ball then. Once they got the ball, it was kind of like, okay, that opens up our counterattack style, and that's exactly what you're saying. We had many opportunities to score, and and a lot of people get antsy in these types of games because, you know, it's the group stage. It's kind of a round robin. It is a round robin, and you think that, oh, like – you know, this is just the group stage. That was an elimination game. You lose, you go home. You you draw, you go home. But if you win, you advance. So mm-hmm. we, we were looking for that one goal. Everybody was talking about the whole time. Everybody was just waiting for that one goal. Pulisic got it done. Um, I also want to say that goalie that, you know, stopped him. The goalie, I'm going to do a live representation for everybody. I'm also going to explain it in full depth. For everybody that's not on the YouTube, but the goalie, the ball's going over here to my right. Pulisic is going, you know, the goalie's over here. Pulisic's going like a little bit to my right. The ball's a lot more to the right. The goalie is originally going for the ball, stops going for the ball. He doesn't realize, he realizes that he can't get it. He just lays right in front of Pulisic. In my opinion, I think the goalie could have easily gotten out of the way. If the goalie went for the ball, the whole time Pulisic doesn't get injured and, and Pulisic's not on a hospital bed halfway through the second half. I, I mean, it was, it was a dirty play in my opinion. That's pretty much what I want to say um, from, from a country that did, did not want to win this game. They wanted the United States of America to suffer. And yeah. they wanted us to tie. They, they were playing to tie the whole game. We don't suffer. We prevail. Um, and that's exactly what we did against England. We did what we needed to do. We did exactly what we needed to do against Iran. Um, uh, uh, but, but to, you know, kind of get the focus off of the United States of America, I think we talked a, l- a little bit about them. 
Um, I do want to say shout out Australia, the soccer ruse for getting on to the next round with a big win today. Um, France took a tough loss, but it didn't matter. They were already through. Argentina's playing right now, Will. Is that correct? Yeah, I wanted to say I wanted to take a look at the upcoming games because this is basically what, what is going on now until Friday is that every group is pretty much getting locked in to the round of 16 as the days go on. So right now we're taking a look at Group C. So it's Poland-Argentina against Saudi Arabia and Mexico. Um, as of right now, that group, um, Poland is ahead with four points. Argentina has three. Saudi Arabia has three. And Mexico has one. Um, I'm pretty sure there is no way for Mexico to advance. But... Yeah, Mexico Poland, is out. Mexico is out. Me- Mexico is out. But if... Argentina loses today and Saudi Arabia beats Mexico, they will advance. Yes. I think no matter yes. what. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. that that is that is the only way these standings change. If Poland Argentina tie and actually if they tie and Saudi Arabia wins, I believe they'll also advance. It might go down to goal differential, which it, that depends on the score of the game, but I'm pretty sure that's where that comes in. And then I believe tomorrow is also another day of interesting groups. Group F and Group E are one of the most interesting groups that we have, which is Croatia, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Group F. We have in Group F, Croatia, Morocco both have four points, and Belgium has three. Canada is already out, as everyone knows. But if Belgium loses to Croatia, they're out. It's winning in for Belgium pretty much, and Morocco – they have to hope for Morocco to lose against Canada. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be a Belgium tie and a Morocco loss, yep. and or it would have to be a Belgium win in it. So Actually, I mean, yeah, it depends on goal differential now because they are minus one. Morocco is two, so if they were to tie, right, technically right, nil right, nil, right. they wouldn't even be in. So Belgium is on they the hot seat right now. They they, need Belgium needs to win, and they need to hope a lot for things to go right for them. And then was the last, that group tomorrow is Group E, which is also another interesting group because Costa Rica could find their way in if Japan loses, which I believe they're playing Japan. Japan is, yeah, if Japan. Spain beats Japan and Costa Rica yes. beats Germany, they find their way in. And, and Germany is – And, and, and I was going to say, how, how about Germany? Germany, not, no, not a presence in, in, the, in the round of 16 is big. Them, no Belgium, that's, that's big. There's big teams not making it in. I mean, even Mexico yeah, not making it in is pretty big, too. And, and I would probably say, well, Germany is probably the biggest out of those teams. You know, Germany was a team that came in, and they didn't have a lot of depth. But, I mean, they had their guys, right? And yeah. going in, in, into a group where Spain was obviously going to get out of it, and then you look at Costa Rica and you look at Japan, and you're like, all right, well, Germany fits perfectly into that second spot. Japan has kind of surprised some. They got a big win. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Germany, who's – who doesn't have a win? You know they're they're o one and one right now, and, and they play Costa Rica. They would need Japan to lose, and they would need to win. They would get up to four points with that. Japan would stay at three. So Japan yeah. is winning, and Germany is a win, and Spain win away. And I think Germany could easily do that. Germany could easily do that. And then, obviously, Group F, we have the runner-up of the last World Cup, Croatia, just leading the group. And Morocco has surprised many of us, which is honestly cool because they they have they actually have 
they have, yeah, they, they, have team. they do have, they have a lot squad. of good players on that team. They have, they have a good squad. And then obviously to finish off the group stage, we have group G and group H, which I believe in, I believe group G is pretty much done. I think the only way, I think the only workarounds is Cameroon and Serbia winning and Switzerland losing is the only way around that. I don't know who's playing who. Um, um, Switzerland's playing Serbia. So, okay. So if Switzerland loses to Serbia, Serbia's in. Serbia's in, but they also, and then Brazil's playing Cameroon, which we can almost assume that Brazil is probably going to be Cameroon based on the way they've been playing. I mean, Brazil could play their. I mean, you know, they're gonna play their backups. They could play their third yeah. strings. Yeah, I mean, they Brazil, they, they don't really have to worry many, about this game at all. They're kind of comfortable. Yeah. Um, but Group H is honestly one of the craziest groups that we have because that second spot is wide open. Ghana wow. only has three points, and South Korea and Uruguay have one. And it's Uruguay Ghana once again playing yeah. for playing for that spot. If obviously if Ghana wins, they're in no matter what. And if Uruguay. If Uruguay manages to be Ghana and South Korea manages to be Portugal, then we have kind of an interesting, like, terms yeah, of points there. Gold differential is gonna really gold differential will, um, will will definitely play in. But I mean, I could really see Ghana winning and in against Uruguay. I think that's gonna I, be I was, one of the best I was games. Say, the group stage. I was gonna say, you know, with with South Korea, I I love South Korea and I like them going into this World Cup to get out of the group stage. But at this point, you know, you're going up against Portugal, you're gonna need to win, and then you're gonna need to, I mean, be checking Twitter throughout your own game to see the updates on, on, on that other game going on. And, and it's going to be very difficult for them to win in the first place. I'm going to say South Korea is pretty much out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to come down to that Ghana-Uruguay game for that second spot. So that's going to be and, that's going to be a great game to watch. And Uruguay do, it does have a good team, but I, I honestly, yes. I think I'm going to take Ghana. I'm going to take Ghana. I, this I, I have Ghana, Ghana as well. I, I think Uruguay has the names, but they don't have the team. And Ghana, yeah. from – I watched one Ghana game. I watched when they played against Portugal. It was three mm-hmm. to two. They put up a great game against them, and, and, and I think that kind of the culture that that team has. There's a lot of teams that you know they they play, they have their guys, and then there's these nations that are like playing for something more. And, and God, yeah, is well, the, 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 every single one of those players is ready to lay it out for the country, which is yeah. which is honestly what you love to see in the World Cup. And then two, yeah. they're they're all athletic fast and able to go on like they make plays on the ball they're scoring i mean we haven't seen i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure they said gotta score three goals in their last game that was the first time they scored three goals in a world cup game yeah in the, in the history which is big like so they're a good team they're they're a sneaky team if they can make it into the round of 16 they could they could do some damage and you're right. You're right. Well, and, and you know, it's a team that has a few guys on, on that squad as well. They have a, they have a few defensive pieces, and then they have a few of these uh, attacking pieces that I, I've personally not heard of, but they're coming out and, and they're doing amazing things for for their squad and, and for the they country are. as well. So you know, with, with this uh, group stage wrapping up, we will definitely be on not the next episode, but the episode after that to start discussing what is going down in the round of 16. But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed. We will catch you guys this weekend to talk about week 13, geez, uh, of the NFL season. Uh, go Celtics tonight. Go UNC. Shout out them dropping 17 spots in the AP poll. We'll catch you guys later. And peace. Peace. peace.
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.